0: Hello, you. Welcome back. Thank you again for joining us on the Pineal podcast. It's great to have you here with us again. Um, for those who have seen the first two podcasts, you may recognize the two faces at the top of my screen. I'm, I'm thinking they're probably at the top of your screen as well. I'm Nick. Nice to meet you. Uh, and this is Ms. Bjorn Lenz. Um, Now, this is a little bit different on this one because we have a third member of the Pineal tribe joining us. We feel that over the coming weeks and months, all Pineal members will come in and some podcasts, there'll be two of us, five of us, four of us, whatever. We'll just see what happens. I'm excited today to welcome the Spaceman, aka Orson Boone, to the call. I never actually know what to call you, Alex, because depending on which part of the world you're in, I think you have a completely different name.
1: Yeah, do you, well, I mean, I have, I have, I have three key identities, um, which, which, I, which I run off, which, which sounds obviously really strange, um, but or criminal, yeah. strange or criminal, you know, depending it's strange on or you. criminal. I mean, <laughs> I mean, criminal sort of kind of implies that there's this sort of exotic thread to my life, which there really isn't. Um, but uh, yeah, Orson is awesome is fine. I like, I like that one. Wonderful.
0: Um, well in a very similar way to how we've we've kind of conducted the first couple of calls we like to turn up no plan chat and see what happens and pick a topic as kind of a starting point but if we if we go off on tangents if we digress if we do these things then that's that's kind of fun and observing so the last couple of weeks we've we've kind of picked a topic based upon observing what's unfolding around us at the moment in the world, because we are in a very interesting time. It's definitely unique within our lifetimes. Um, and if you, if you look at the, 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 all of the variables that are in place around the world, it's, it's kind of hard to get a grasp on something. And one of the big things that I've observed is that it feels that regardless of what level of society you exist at, where you are geographically around the world, your age, your gender, anything, life is going to change or life has changed significantly. And another thing that I observe is that some people seem to be dealing with it with absolute aplomb and grace and elegance and growing and evolving through this time. Others seem to be crashing and burning. Now there of course are some in the middle only Sith dealing absolutes but um it's interesting for me as a topic to look at you know how we deal with change it is something that i see talked about a lot online dealing with change dealing with this but i find those videos that i've seen so far quite specific and nebulous how to deal with change in this how to deal with change in that but what i kind of i'm interested to talk about is 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 change as a concept you know what does it mean to us Why is it something that worries us? Why is it something that concerns us? Why is it that some people are not worried or concerned by it, but on the other hand, completely exhilarated by it? You know, what is this, and how can gaining a deeper understanding of this help us to make sure that if we are in a situation moving forward where everything around us does change and we have to change, that we are in that camp of people that excel during those moments. So I think that's a a topic I find interesting, or I'm interested about at the moment, How does that land for you both?
2: Yeah, I mean, it it resonates with me. Bjorn? Yeah, with me too, except that I feel almost excluded. And I think that is because of my definition of of normal, I would say. Like, I see that there are many people out there who are kind of afraid of change. And I'm not, for some reason i'm more or less the opposite because i'm afraid of boredom and boredom is what might happen when nothing changes Mm. and um, for me the 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 key question is why is it that many people consider the absence of change as normal Mm. like the only thing that comes up in my mind is when i was a child like when, when, you, when you're at school, you're basically doing the same every, like there, there are five days where you go to school and then you do homework and then you play a bit and repeat. And then there's a weekend where you have more, more time to play with friends, two days, and then back to repeat. And you have nothing to worry about. Parents take care of foot on the table. And this seems to be like, it's even that is not not changing, but it's, it's changing in a very linear fashion in a very, um, very foreseeable fashion, like you will do this for 12, 13 years, and then there will be a big change. And people are very nervous about that. Like, what am I going to do after I finish school, but um, I can't understand why this is the model that people are longing for.
0: Mm. So are you getting a sense that maybe this, this this, feeling of it's normal not to change is actually something that's programmed into us by virtue of the way that we have our educational path set up?
2: Yes, mm, programmed into us. I think that's something that is lost from, I think that propensity to to know what is in the near future is something that is lost with our life energy that we had as children, where we, where we really knew how to play and not take anything seriously. Programmed out of us. Maybe it's just a coincidence how school is organized. I don't know. Like you have, you have children that are very, um, let's say uncommon. Do you think they like, no, I can answer that myself. My children hate going to school because nothing changes and because nothing ever happens and because it's boring. Mm. Yeah. So when, when as adults do we start to like boredom? Mm. It's
0: intriguing that you bring children up because as of September, 2020, which at this point is six, seven months ago, they started in, in a Montessori school prior to that they've been in in mainstream school which is as we understand it exactly as you've described it and the interesting thing is like they didn't Oliver didn't enjoy school he's eight now he didn't enjoy it sitting there they're talking about he would just come back it's like, how was your day at school what did you do I don't know like, it's just it's just so uninteresting it's just not landing um and we, we had them in the Montessori, we've got them into the Montessori school and like their day is taken up, they can they can kind of choose what they want to do. There's their selection of things. Is it art? Is it robotics? Are you going to go in nature? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? And they get the choice, which means that their week is entirely theirs to choose from. And the reason I think it's so intriguing that you said that is because the comparison between Oliver then to Oliver now is massive. Like now it's effortless. Now he is, it's like waking up in the morning, Oliver time to get up and he's up. There's no resistance. Whereas when he was in his kind of mainstream it was really, really structured like that, every morning, oh, I've got a tummy ache. <laughs> oh, I've got a cough. I can't go to school, <laughs> like any, anything. And the thing is you could see it in his face, like this major resistance. Like I didn't feel he was being lazy. It was like, we even wondered at the time, like, is, is he being bullied? Is there something happening? Because there was such a resistance, but then kind of hearing it articulated in this way makes a bit more sense
2: that actually solves it in my mind because um there are two emotions in the human in the human species that are often um exchanged like you experience excitement and think that is fear because as a child when you were excited about something parents ask you are you afraid and you think well if this is what fear looks like and then i'm probably afraid like going on a very Big carousel or climbing somewhere high up or whatever. And maybe most people are not really afraid of change, but they are excited about change, but they don't know it, and therefore they're resistant.
1: I wonder, I wonder if we look at this slightly deeper with my work with clients and obviously the resistance of to change is something that you see in a lot of people. And what I wonder and what I pick up on is that you've obviously got the ego, the human mind, who wants to keep you in a state of the predictable familiar. So is it, is it a more of a sort of a deep subconscious program, programming of the ego, which is trying to sort of keep you in the predictable familiar so it's able to go, look, I, I, I understand all the various variables that could happen to awesome today and i'm happy so i'm just going to keep him focused on this very narrow bandwidth of, of reality and when i when i work with clients and we're working through uh, releasing letting go of painful past which ordinarily if you think about it, if i gave you a hot rock in your hand and it's burning in your hand and i say do you want to drop it or do you want to hold on to it you're gonna you're gonna drop that bloody hot rock right because it's painful it's it's causing you discomfort but yet we see so often people's absolute resistance to let go of the very most painful things in their lives which are ultimately holding them back creating those resistance points keeping them in that predictable familiar that rinse repeat life cycle and i think from my understanding is that a lot of the time even if you're life experience is painful, it is restrictive, it is long, it's filled with anxiety and depression and, and, and worry and concern, Like you see people repeat this over and over and over again. And then you give them an opportunity to maybe let go of the things which are holding them in their past. And you see this deep resistance. And, and, and when you drill down into it, and when you're, you know, if they give you permission to get access to their deeper subconscious thoughts, then you're able to, to to see to feel that actually the idea of letting go of something which even though is painful even though is is self-sabotaging even though it's very restrictive the notion of not knowing what comes after me letting go of this is actually even more scary than staying in that predictable familiar that that pain mm-hmm. point that 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 that, that that restrictive bandwidth of a reality because what we also then do is we we create we create programs and coping strategies to self pacify us if we are agitated frustrated upset by the predictable familiar situation we find ourselves in so it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one because i've seen it with people where you know they do have the opportunity if they want if they want to let go of so much resistance so much pain so much baggage from the past which is keeping them very much in the past and of course as we know when you're in the past you can't create future because you're creating from something which no longer exists and this is why you see people really struggling to make massive changes because they're still coming from a point in time which no longer exists it's memory and imagination um, and then as also, as we know, the, the human ego is able to create so many different layers of stories of memory and imagination that, you know, over time, people aren't even sure what the hell they're feeling or why they're even feeling it. It's, it, it's just turned into this quadmari soup of stories and pain and resistance. So I think it's an interesting one. But I think humans are, are desperate to stay in this predictable familiar and you see it with children quite often as well. Children quite like routine. They they quite like to. And then last. The activity, and then that can create pain point. Yes. Alex, me.
0: Just for like three seconds, could you repeat the last five or ten seconds of what you said? You said this is the thing with children.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, do you know what i always hate it when people say can you repeat it <laughs> so i'm just like what was i saying <laughs> yes yeah. yeah so i mean you know children really like uh, the predictable familiar routine because you know if you you know you guys have got kids that so you you've i'm sure you've experienced this if you're trying to transition a child from a high value item and activity that they're really invested in and you suddenly go right we're going to the supermarket or like it's bedtime that, that can create this pressure. It can create an outburst because, you know, that, that something has taken them by surprise. Mm. Um, and this is why with children, it's very good, you know, and the same with adults is if you're going to create a change, you almost have to pre- warn them of this, right? Little Johnny, I know you're really playing with your Lego and you're loving it, but in half an hour's time, we've got to leave. We've got to go home. And then 15 minutes later, right? You've got 15 minutes, buddy, you know, remember... 15 minutes time we're leaving we're going home because it's tea time it's bath time whatever and it is then creating this 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 story which they're able to attach to and go okay well i'm heavily involved in this this reality playing my lego which i really like it's high value but i am going to have to transition to get in the car and you know the boring journey home and then it's tea time mm. and it's bath time and it's ultimately it's bedtime i'm 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 going off on a tangent so i have to be careful But my point is is that that people are are very much programmed into holding on with dear life the predictable familiar, and it's it's definitely it's a human condition. It's it's an old program from very long time ago, Um, and it's ultimately it's one of the 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 structural programs which I think keep us very stuck in a state of fear and resistance.
2: I like your lego example because in my mind what, what's happening is um, i see change always as positive in the sense of whatever changes i'm quite sure it will be beautiful on the other side even though i don't know yet and most people have exactly the opposite point of view and if you look at where this might coming might be coming from as children you're exactly right most of the time when some women are basically forced into a transition it is from, but I really like what I'm doing now and then I have to do something else because everything that is beautiful, no, whenever, whenever I am fed up with something, it just runs out and then I, I look myself for something new and that doesn't feel like change because I'm in, in the driver's seat, I'm, I'm controlling it. So,
1: interesting. Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. But, okay, interesting question for you then, Bjorn have you have you always embraced change like you you, you you find change exciting has that has that been something that has been a, a constant program in you for life or is it something that you've had to consciously go okay I'm going to change this how did that come about because I think the majority of people I think if they're very honest will say that if they're if they're happy enough to embrace the vulnerability most people will say that they struggle with the notion of change they might find excitement there might be excitement but there's always going to be that layer of anxiety as well and it's so there is this resistance to change and I think people really do like their familiar routines you know we are we're very sort of programmed creatures you know we a lot of us we get up at the same time every day you know our bathroom routine is the same know pee clean your teeth have a shave do your hair breakfast is going to be the same it's all very much the same you get in your car you drive to work you drive the same way to work you listen to the same radio station you know is this very predictable familiar and I think a lot of people in today's society have become very trapped by it so I find it intriguing that you're like yeah actually I really I really like it I really embrace it
2: yes and I'm not saying I don't have any routines but um, other than that as far as I can look back yes boredom is always more scary than change and i also have a lot of confidence that whatever comes after like when, when i look back at my in at my time um at a, at a huge corporation where i let some people I, I i realized that many of the leadership people are afraid somebody coming doing a better job than them because then the job could be taken away from them. And I always had the complete opposite feeling about it in the sense of, I wish I could find somebody that could take my place so can, I can do something else because there are so many exciting things to do. And I don't know where this is coming from.
1: I think that's, I think that's a fairly, sorry to, to, to stop you there. No, I think this is a fairly unique mindset, man. I think a lot, a lot of people would be very different, especially the idea of, oh my God, I'm actually relishing the idea that some guy's going to come along, take my job off me so then I can go and do something else. Most people would be just like, oh, they're in that scarcity mindset of fear. It's like, oh my God, if someone comes along, that's competition. I don't want to be in competition with some other motherfucker because he's going to nick my job. And then what's going to happen? Ah, it's scary. Mm. That is it, isn't it?
0: It's, it's, This is this is as you guys were speaking. I was connecting to, I was thinking, Well, surely it depends if you're happy or you're not happy. This is a major factor. Like, if you're not happy, like, I if I look at myself, because I was thinking, What's my relationship to fear? It's a fear, so it's change. And when I was in my mid twenties, I was utterly unhappy with my life. So, like, I wanted everything to change, (laughs) like, I had the complete bring me change because I wasn't happy with anything. So, it was like. It can't possibly get make me more unhappy. Like I didn't believe that was a possibility. I believed it could only get better. So, in that moment, it was it was there. But there's, and even like now, where I, I I love my life. My life is awesome. I for me, I live in the most beautiful place in the world. I get to work from home, so I get to be with my family. I get to be with my children. I get to work with incredible people. I think there's so many things about my life that's great you know I don't have 10 million quid in the bank account but I I don't need 10 million quid in the bank account because I've got happiness and I've got the things that make me happy and there there is a part of me like I've just gone through with with England leaving the EU we won't get into that one but with England leaving the EU and Brexit being a foreign national living in Spain I then had to go through the whole residencia process and we've been granted it it's been accepted and stuff like that but for the whole thing I had this fear of change like, I had this fear that they're going to tell me I can't live here because I'm not good enough for whatever reason. And uh, they're going to kick me out. They have to pull my children out of this amazing school. I have to go live in drab England. Sorry, Alex. Have to go live <laughs> and anyone listening is in England. Um, but but go live in drab, you know, I was just, and it worried me. And I, what I actually did is I, I had to, it wasn't instinctive for me to just be excited about, ooh, I wonder what comes up because I love the things that I have. There's some attachment there for sure. But I kind of started playing the game of what if, what could the future hold that could be more exciting? And we kind of came up with these two me and Nina came up with these two or three different ideas on if we had to leave here and we could pick anywhere, where would we go, what would we do? If we had to leave here and we had to go back to the UK, where would we go, what would we do? And after about an hour, we were both like super excited to the point we both sat there and thought, it's not actually that bad if we get rejected, is it? <laughs> it's like, and and it was a it was a manual application, I think, of what comes automatically to you, Bjorn, like this this just automatic awareness of it. But I do think, I do think, one's proclivity to change, except for somebody who is maybe on one of the more extreme ends of the spectrum, like Bjorn, who just is a change junkie. I think is, is, is driven by a couple of things. I think scarcity is massive. I think, tr- tribally, if you go back through history, this is just a repeat thing for people. Um, you know, they, they come up against a different type of people, they're gonna eat our food and they're gonna sleep with our women, which is kind of the, the common thing. Um, and it, you see it now, it's like, the immigrants are coming in, they're taking our jobs, they're taking everything. They can't speak the language or anything, but they're gonna take my job anyway. Like all of this stuff that comes in, and it's uh, uh, scarcity for me is the big piece scarcity for me is it because if we were all if we all felt that we lived in a world that, that we truly felt all of us that we lived in a world that was abundant and that when one door opens a closes. sorry another one opens and we really really truly believe this stuff I think we'd all be born from the perspective of change because why wouldn't we be <clears throat>
2: I think I like uh, I would like to take the topic a little bit woo-woo for right now a little um, bit woo-woo. ah woo-woo, we like woo like what what you just shared um in the sense of this is coming from s- scarcity i i wonder if this is the hen or the egg and then one thought came up in the sense of what if many many people um basically hate themselves and believe that the life that they are living now, how good or bad it ever may be, is not as bad as they either de- deserve it. Then automatic- automatically the thought would follow whenever something changes, it will get worse because I only deserve worse. And then the mind creates a story around that, for example, if, if you have already, already the conclusion, okay, when something changes, it will get worse. Where is that change coming from? Probably from all those people here that are not speaking my language and are going to steal my job. And maybe this is more like the source of the problem, mm. like self-hate, shame, guilt. Mm.
1: I think there's plenty of all of those uh, aspects in throughout humanity, mm. Deep, deeply entrenched um and that's why it's so important to do your shadow work isn't it yeah and, and it may, just- maybe when you do do your shadow work you are able to be more like Bjorn and be like yeah, a little bit more laissez faire change yeah I relish change bring it on I'm not going to change
0: go and find your Bjorn in the shadows um but, but no like just to yeah your point like if I try that on for size like my my feeling about last year you know when we we're going through the residential process and I was getting worried If I try that concept on for size, then yeah, there definitely was a lack of self-worth because at some level, I was so overwhelmed with how amazing my life had become in like four or five short years from waking up and just, whoa. There was a feeling because that elevation was like really, really quick. Like my life has changed repeatedly over that time. It's insane. Um, And because of that, like clearly the work that I was doing was not addressing that, 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 that lack of self-worth or, or whatever that I felt in my previous life. So as I come up, I kind of, I'm still partially this guy, but living this guy's life. So there was a feeling of exactly as you said, Bjorn, uh, I'm going to get found out soon. <laughs> I'm not this guy. I'm this guy. And this guy doesn't deserve what this guy has. And someone's going to find me out soon. And they're going to kick me out of the country. And everyone's going to shame me. Like, you know, I, I take it a bit far when I explain it there, but yeah, I think that's on the money, from my experience at least.
2: Very interesting. Yeah, so here's an invitation whenever you fear change. No, that doesn't work. But I would like to basically. an an outside point of view on nick's life there was a nick that was living in i don't know where he was living probably in london unhappy sales guy and then he met a mentor and slowly slowly started doing more and more shadow work going through the works like reading studying doing all kinds of spiritual work and his life improves and improves and improves until he lives in paradise what a coincidence mm.
0: yeah what a coincidence
1: yeah imagine that all just working out for you like that once you, <laughs> w- w- once, you d- once you decide to, to do the work unblock yourself because that's really all it is you know on, on a on a on a spiritual level we're already vibrating at just mass unlimited abundance we're already that it's not about becoming that vibration of abundance and and, and all of that it's about removing the bloody blocks and resistance mm. that we're creating to stop that flow which naturally wants to come into us all the bloody time mm. and it is through shame guilt embarrassment i'm not worthy i'm undeserving it's, it's all of these little belief systems which the majority of the time have been imprinted onto us when we're a child, you know, and you might have shame for, I don't know, you're, you're three years old, you're stood in the corner and you're picking your nose, and your parent goes to you, don't do that. That's disgusting. That 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 tiny, that, that's that mm. single five-second interaction will create a program. And that, that that the little child will start going, Oh, oh, okay. Well, you know, I don't I quite like picking my nose, it's quite sensory, and that's what kids do but it's dirty and I, I've, I now feel shame about it. Um, and it's all these tiny little resistances, these, these blockages that prevent the already undeniable abundance this universe is offering us all the time. And it, it's, it's interesting because so many people talk about, oh, well, I need to I need to get into that vibration to, to, to become a new person. I need to change my vibration. So I'm more confident. I'm I'm less anxious. And, and it's the sort of things in my early journey that I was going through, well I need to do this. I need to do that. And then actually now looking back on it, I recognize that I already am everything that I needed to be. But it was my human programming, it was the it was the belief systems that were being imprinted, projected onto me, encoded into my existence as I grew up, which created these barriers, barriers to entry, you know, to, to, mm. to stop to stop that flow. And it and once you recognize that it's you stopping all of this, and then you can start that journey of having those awkward, blunt conversations with yourself. Okay, well. I do feel shame and resistance around this certain thing. And I don't know why, but I know that if I explore it and, and I start to understand it and then I can let it go, I'm, I'm, I'm opening that gate. I'm, I'm, I'm unlatching that, 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 that locked door, you know, and you do, all you need to do is part of the process is going through and unprogramming yourself for all these little threads of resistance. And as you do this, as you go through your shadow work and all the work that we got we do as a team, then it's only natural for, for life to start flowing in easier, better, because you're opening all the gates. It's like it's like you've you've dammed up this river, this huge, divine river of unlimited, beautiful, clear water. And and it's been dammed up by Belief systems, and you you thought you're doing the right thing there and then, and all these little blocks. And then you get to the point where you're like, shit, I'm getting no water down in the the valleys for my crops, you know, but I I really want to have a, a really wealthy life of plentiful crops and to feed my family in this abundance. Okay, dude, well, all you need to do is just walk back the 30 years of your life, opening each of those sluice gates those resistance, those fears, those anxieties, those depression programs. And then that flow, it's just gonna flow naturally. It's just gonna naturally flow. And that's something which I've, I've learned to recognize in myself is that, and it's actually, it was a beautiful experience that Bjorn, Greg and, and, and Ben gave me um, like a month before our last retreat in October. I think it was in September when Bjorn was over in the UK. And we had this fantastic. Well, they they, they gave me this amazing uh, bufo experience, and and in that experience, for me, the one of the beautiful things I took away from it was recognizing that everything in my life, good, bad, right or wrong, it didn't matter how I labeled it, was all perfectly designed to keep pushing me and guiding me to become the very best version that I can be, to to unblock those limits, to 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 push me towards those things that I fear, because. Once you do that, you recognize that so much of all of this, so much of everything that we feel and we believe to be true, is an illusion that we've created in our head. And because we've created this amazing illusion in our head and then we start feeling it through our physical body, then we tell ourselves, well, this must be real. And it's not. And and the shit I used to think that was real and the limits that I used to place on myself, all of this nonsense, and it was just, that's all it was, it was nonsense. It was just this absolute bollocks. But what it did is it completely and utterly limited the amount of bandwidth that I was able to tune in, digest and absorb from this incredible reality. Because it's already here. Everything is already here. We just got to get out the way of ourselves, the human aspect of ourselves. If we can get out the way of ourselves, open those sluice gates, then everything changes so fast. It would be uncomfortable because it would change so fast. Because you'll suddenly find yourself with all this empty space, where you've you've got rid of all this stuff, and you're like, "Whoa! I feel need the need to fill all this empty space with stuff because I'm not used to it." But you don't need to fill it. You don't need to fill. It's this again. It's this human, this human psychology of hoarding, possession. I must have. I must feel. It's all this sort of nonsense. So you're like, you don't need any of it because you already are everything. Just be. Just sit there focus on being here and now and in this moment of the here and now you'll recognize you'll start to recognize just how wonderfully powerful you are and how much control you have over this wonderful reality that we have because we are creating our reality every single second of every single day the majority of us are very good at self-sabotaging and creating a fairly challenging reality But all we need to do is just flick that switch from negative reality construction to positive reality construction. And guess what? Open your eyes. Everything changes in an instant. It's beautiful. It's so powerful. And I wish I was able to just touch somebody in the forehead and just go. There you go. (laughs) I think the majority of people obviously don't understand what shadow work means it's it's it's, 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 a, it's a it's a term banded around the sort of yeah. the well the wellness spirituality community you know, you know what is shadow work and shadow shadow work is something that you know I think the term shadow work kind of sort of suggests that it's always going to be negative but shadow work is basically the way we look at it is you're, you're deleting old programs you're deleting programs which are no longer in use, then they're, they're no longer viable, they're no longer then they're, they're no longer current, concurrent programming, you know. And obviously, because of the nature of reality and consciousness, the, the main, the main objective of all realities that we create is to expand. It's this it's this constant movement, evolution, expanding, growing, going deeper. And I think I think I might be losing my threads. It's thinning.
2: <laughs> Busted. It no. It was,
0: it was beautiful, Alex, and, and it's it's wonderful hearing to you when you go into one of those streams like that. And I kinda of bring it back full circle to where we were at the beginning. Uh not begin the beginning of, of, of your stream of consciousness, let's call it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the coincidence of removing all of these things and doing one's work and then life significantly improving and that experience that we, we've we've all personally had with that. Um, so the mentor, the one that you mentioned earlier, Bjorn, I remember him first talking to me about polarity over pursuit. And, you know, if, if you can do these things and the things you want in life come to you and you don't have to do just slave away for the things you want and you get the get things you didn't even know you wanted and they're so much better than what you could have thought about beforehand and i remember hearing it thinking that sounds great but it sounds like bullshit it sounds like the sort of thing somebody says to try and sell something to you like and i was so skeptical of it because it was so far removed from what i'd been taught told and experienced for like 30 years um so i think the interesting thing is here i think that when you've gone through this process you look at it and you realize that as you beautifully put it earlier alex like you are everything already You've just accumulated baggage throughout the course of your lifetime, which weighs you down and stops you from living the life you could live. Um, But it seems too easy. Like, I don't know, there's a kind of a human trait, whereas if something's too easy, we almost don't give it a lot of credence or credibility. And when we're saying that one can reinvent their life and transform their life into something which is akin to heaven on earth for their experience... And all they have to do is kind of, you know, go back through what they know and remove these programs. And they are already there. It just sounds a bit too good to be true.
2: And it's also part of the program.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah,
2: mm. yeah, exactly.
1: That, 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 that's part of a program which has been installed to stop you from looking at it because it's just like, no, no seriously, you guys, you, you, what, you just change your thought processes? You change the stories you told yourself and then your reality changes. <laughs> no, 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 that sounds like snake oil. you know and and it's, it's that skepticism of oh well it's too easy it's too easy life is meant to be hard to get where you want you've got to work hard right you've got to really bust your balls you've got to sacrifice right these are all the things that we're taught to get to the top you're going to sacrifice you're going to bust your balls and there's no guarantees there's no guarantees.
0: It's a dog eat dog world. It's survival of the fittest. Like they're yeah. endless, aren't they?
1: But but the, all all of this, all of this, the, the, the energy behind this 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 construct, is lack. It's scarcity. It's still coming from lack and scarcity. Uh, you know, and you know again, it ties back into what I was saying earlier: is that we already are everything. We are unlimited beings, limiting ourselves through trauma, belief system, stories, rhetoric, construct. And as soon as you can start having those conversations with yourself, okay, well, what if what if I did start changing the way I thought and the stories I tell myself? Because you don't need to do this for long. And this is the hmm. thing. You, you really don't need to do it for long to actually start seeing very quick shifts and changes in your day-to-day personal reality with your loved ones your family your nearest and dearest and then as soon as I would argue for me as soon as I got that feedback where I was like right I'm going to consciously start thinking differently and then what happens is that you get a positive reinforcer of oh shit I was I was kind of hoping this would happen and oh crikey it's here it's here already you're like okay well, if I double down, if I do more of the same of this, then I can keep changing this experience. And then you start to recognize that you are the software developer. You are the programmer mm. in, this cre- in this creative experience for yourself. So, and this is an analogy that I use a lot. So I think people can understand it is that this electromagnetic reality based upon nothing but frequency and vibration is programmable. And there are many instruments to program our reality. Linguistic language, sound is an amazing way that we use to program. And we've all listened to inspirational speakers and gone, oh, my God, you know, it just really turns us on. We've listened to music and it's had the same effect. So it's, it's, it's about really trying to embody the notion. And, of course, this is very challenging for ordinary humans who've never had an esoteric metaphysical experience they are still very much coded, anchored, magnetically stuck into this heavy reality. But there are ways of teaching people, you change your story in your head, and the majority of people will be repeating the same stories and belief systems in their head, they just don't recognize it because 95% of everything you chatter about in your head is subconscious. But the key is, is you've got to bring the subconscious to the forefront of your reality that's where you start to create change okay so I do the same behavior every single day well I can't expect anything to change if I think the same thoughts I say the same words I do the same routine it can't because you're kind of sort of saying to yourself right I found myself stuck on radio 2 frequency my entire life which is a bit boring I'm a bit bored of Jeremy Vine now but I wanna jazz my life up. I want to start listening to some really cool house, but I'm not prepared to change the channel. I'm not prepared to tune into a different radio station. I'm just, but I'm just gonna sit here and bitch about radio two, not playing the music that I desire. And I'm like, but you just need to, it's already existing. Those opportunities, mm-hmm. they're, they're already happening. It's all happening right here, right now. You just gotta tune into it. You've got to make that conscious choice to go, I want something different. I deserve something different. And actually, I know that if I change the stories I tell myself in time, because we are subject to time space reality here, in time fairly fast, if you're if you're feeling it from your heart and you're you're really constructing the images in your head, then those changes will happen. Absolutely guarantee it. And I think once once someone gets their first little breakthrough of like, oh my God. I've manifested this, something positive, then it's this catalyst. And then you've got them. And then they start to go, oh, well, if I dedicate more time to meditation, and really focusing on what I want and really feeling what I want. Cause this is where people go wrong with manifestation. And then they, and then they go, oh, I've tried manifestation. Does not work? I, th- I thought about this. I really thought, I thought really long and hard. Like really, really long and hard. I gave it a lot of thought. I even wrote it down. Yeah, but how does it feel? Well, I don't know how it feels. I don't have it. Ah, uh-huh. mm. well, that's the problem. That's the problem. Because thought is one of the weaker forms of energy. It's our feelings. It's everything which mm. comes from our heart. And this is why if you can think it and you can feel it, then, that you're, you're, then you're stepping into that, 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 that uh, ability to start to attract all that you desire, all that you need. Mm. Sadly, the majority of us, we focus on negative. So we tell ourselves story about how life is shit, how my boss is a bastard, how my missus is cheating on me, how life is unfair. But what you don't realise is that you're just continuing manifesting that same programme over and over again. It's rinse and repeat. And then people just get frustrated and then they go, oh, I can't manifest. And you're like, but you are. You're manifesting perfectly. You just don't like the shit you're manifesting because you're telling yourself a negative fucking story. Sorry for swearing. are you
0: apologizing to? (laughs) (laughs) I
1: don't
0: know, universe. <laughs> <laughs> um no you and, and you're you're absolutely spot on the the fascinating thing is again if i do that side by side comparison in my earlier years i was terrified well i really wanted change sorry i wanted change because i felt i was at the bottom of a barrel and it can only get better you know um and I wasn't actually at the bottom of a barrel. My life was really bloody comfortable compared to the vast majority of the planet, if we're being bluntly honest about it, but you know, is what it is. And, and my appetite for change came from the fact that I just wanted anything other than what I had. So nothing could be worse. But tuning into the, um, tuning into the concepts that you've shared there. And, and I found Dr. Joe Dispenza's work incredibly powerful um for this exact piece as well i noticed there came this kind of like happy-go-lucky energy about me which wasn't there before before the appetite for change came from desperation because i was just desperate for something different then it started to become like this happy-go-lucky thing because i was like oh things change and I wouldn't have expected that, but oh my God, now I'm here, it's really cool. And obviously that happened for a period of time until I got really happy again, <laughs> created more attachments, and then I you know, had a different, different balance. But that was one of the big things that came through to me was the fact that, the fact that not only is change often really, really positive, I found that when things change that I don't think are positive, it's because I'm focusing on the wrong things is really what it is it's easy to be upset you know that you have to knock your house down and forget that you're doing it in order to build a bigger and nicer one for example like it's focusing on that wrong piece and that's been a bit of a game changer for me and again that kind of came through the experience of then thinking well if we did have to leave here where would we go and how would that look and getting really really excited about about something different um but the manifestation piece again, I was like, it's absolutely right. I get, I get kind of I'm amused by the amount of discussion about manifestation that's online these days and about just how terrible most of it is. Um, you know, someone read a book once and decided to create a course. It's <laughs> kind of, it's kind of the way the manifestation thing works online from my personal experience. Um, and the funny thing is that when I really started to experience that in my life before that i was making the same mistakes exactly as you said right okay i'm going to sit down here i'm going to on for five minutes i'm going to get in this meditative position i can't let my hands move i've got an incense stick lit and i'm going to sit here and think really hard about what i want you know just doing a load of nonsense basically yeah nothing happened and it got boring kind of quickly and then I stumbled across another teacher's work and he said he had this different process. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll do it. So I wrote down this list of 15 things. At the time I was living in the UK, I was very unhappy with with the way things were going. I was kind of just in this awakening stage and but still everything seemed too good to be true. Like this, this offer of everything's really easy. You just have to let it be. Um, so I made this list of 15 things. And part of what he said is, when you're making this list of things that you want to manifest in your life, make it as unrealistic as you possibly can like if these things like contradict each other that's even better because if you could figure out a way to achieve these 15 things then just go and figure it out (laughs) just go and do it sort of thing like if if you're going to manifest manifest something that's so outside of the realm of possibility that you're like incredible so i made this list of 15 things things i wanted to see change in our lives and they were things like you know i want to live in paradise i want to live in year-round sun the time i was smoking a lot of cannabis so i wanted to live in a place where cannabis was free and in my mind that was like amsterdam which isn't sunny so there's this immediate contradiction there i wanted to live right next to the sea i wanted the kids to have private school gated community for the house like all oh, it's just ridiculous list of things which if you would have asked me uh, in my previous life i'd have said well yeah i can achieve all those things let me just get a couple of 100 grand together in the bank and then i'll go out and pay for all of these things let me just do that first but I sat this. so I made this list of 15 things and he had this like eight week process that you go through and I did that and then I put it down and forgot about it as was his instruction. You know, essentially what he's saying is you set the broadcast signal, you spend eight weeks sending it out into the universe and then you forget about it. You just completely surrender it. I've done it. I've done my work. That's it anyway one thing led to another we ended up moving to Tenerife the decision was made we had a house and we were here within two weeks like complete restructure of like everything and I was in Tenerife and at this point I had no idea that cannabis is is legal here so I get this phone call from my friend and he says dude I've got an absolute result for you I've got you a free membership at a cannabis club I'm like a what it's like a cannabis club he said it's like Amsterdam over there and I'm like So (laughs) I went to the shop pretty quick, came back, little supply, sat down. And I hadn't smoked at this point for like three, four weeks or something like this. And for anyone that has tried any kind of mind-altering substance, it's like it can trigger an immediate awareness or an immediate something. And as I sat there, I sat in my garden. It was a beautiful, warm evening. And I I rolled this big, fat joint and I I started smoking it. And like as soon as it hit me, which is, is pretty quick, Like I just had this vision of this this sequence going back from where I sat to where I first saw that lesson about manifestation. And and it was almost like I could see these floating orbs which represented milestones or steps along the way. And each one was connected by this wispy light going through it. And it was almost like the path of causality um, that I'd seen. And then as I did it, I just list of 15 things. And I hadn't thought about this list for ages. and like. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? it? So I ran and found this list and I pulled it out, and like everything on the list had manifest. Everything, all 15 things. And at that point, it was kind of like, well, bugger me. (laughs) Just sort of sitting in my chair, like, this changes everything. Like, whoa. And it was just it was just beyond imagination. So it's 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 really interesting because I, I speak to so many people and mention manifestations. To people and nine times out of ten, people go, "Oh, is that that stuff that Deepak Chopra not uh, waffles on about?" No, nah, mate, it's nonsense. It's all nonsense. People just do it to sell books. But when you've experienced it, you're like, "Okay, you don't have to be a Jedi if you don't want to. You can just be regular. Keep yourself in that box of limitation. I'll be a Jedi wizard over here, magicking my life into wonder."
1: Whatever, whatever ultimately in this in this in the, this reality, you have you have truths and you have untruths. That's it. And the, the, the truth of the reality that we find ourselves in is that it's far more beautifully complex than most humans understand. And we we do indeed have much more influence over what we see, what we experience, and what we create. And actually. I've had very similar conversations with people. where, Oh, you know, I've, I've tried law of attraction, all that sort of jazz. And, and and you're right to bring up that, you know, it is a it's an on trend topic. There is there is dozens of there's, there's thousands of books. There's, there's there's so many online courses, learning to teach you and all this sort of nonsense. Um, but you don't need to necessarily go and spend thousands of pounds on a course or read loads of books. It's 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 about tuning in to who you are but in saying that i'm just recognizing how difficult that is for majority of people still um you know it's it's different for me because i look at things from a very different point of view now um but you can test it. The beautiful thing about manifestation and law of attraction is once you give the individual the key components and they can understand how this system works, and it, and it is, it's a very simple system. You know, we understand through quantum physics and this electromagnetic reality that we, it, like attracts like. So... Very often, like with the manifestation, it's like you've got to become that vibration. Obviously, that's that's a that's a that's a that's a miscommunication and misunderstanding um, of the actual process. It, it it's much more about releasing everything that is blocking you from, you know, receiving the flow of abundance and anything you desire. Um, and and that's that's the real clue is that the majority of people are so restricted are so bogged down by these human constructs these these lies these belief systems these stories that's what's getting in their way it's not that law of attraction manifestation doesn't work it's that they're not allowing it to work Mm. and this is the thing with most people people aren't allowing themselves to be all that they want to be they're not allowing that freedom of thought the freedom of expression because of programs like guilt shame all of this sort of stuff fear Mm. and and once you start to to hone in and you know you've got a number of ways of doing shadow work you can go okay i was i was abused as a child by my sports teacher and this this has created lots of issues for me that that that's a that's a temporary experience in my human reality or i can say what did that experience make me feel like Well, it made me feel guilt shame etc okay well let's start teaching you how to let go of guilt shame because if you let go of the the the, the energy behind the situation the temporary experience then everything else collapses because you can you can you can spend a lot of time going back right well I, I I had a troublesome relationship with my mum, I was abused by my sports teacher, I'm making all this up by the way you, you know, you've got this catalogue of errors and things and experiences you go through your life, so I'm going to spend years joining all the dots and trying to work out why it all happened to me, or you can just go right, how does it make me feel how does it make me feel Well, I, I feel ashamed I feel, I feel dirty, I feel whatever it is, okay let's let go of that shit Let's let go of the shame. Let's just let go of shame. Shame on every facet of your life. Just let go of shame. Because once you drop that hot rock of shame, everything associated with shame collapses. It disintegrates. It can no longer be. Because everything, when you dial it all back down, everything comes back to a single frequency of vibration. And in that frequency, that vibration will hold all this information. Shame. It's a challenging vibration. We've all felt it. Everyone can recognize what shame feels like. But you get you find that you tune in with your receiver and you find that shame. And you go, does this does this shame is this shame helping me get closer to what I want? Or is this shame actually preventing me? Is it holding me back? Is it keeping me in the past which no longer exists? Well, it's always keeping you in the past, which no longer exists. So if you're coming from a point which no longer exists, what do you think you can create? not your positive future because you're coming from a frequency which no longer exists and and once you can start just to collapse that whole system of shame you're literally like a house of cards every single associated trauma pain anxiety emotion experience where you ever felt shame will disintegrate It, it literally it just goes and this is where you see people who just have these absolutely cataclysmic shifts in reality it's when you dial down you get to that root source cut it off delete it boof gone like if i delete a program on my computer does the computer go oh but you used to have minesweeper on here i was re- no no it's gone <laughs> it, it, it's gone it hasn't it has no impact no influence ever again on my on my mac air it's the same with life Exactly the same with this life.
0: Mm. I had an interesting moment. This is a little bit of a jovial comment on what you said when you gave the example of, you know, abused by my sports teacher, I had a trouble with my arm. I'm just making this up, by the way. I had an image in my head of you suddenly thinking, what if my sports teacher watches this? <laughs> 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 and thinks, oh, shit, did I? Like... <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it, it's so powerful what you have just shared. It is so powerful what you've just shared. The getting right into that root rather than cutting the heads off the weeds, getting into that root and really pulling it out. And then all the heads go by virtue the fact yeah, of the
1: Yeah, you, all you're doing is a lot, a lot of the time with therapy and stuff, you're just mowing the lawn.
0: You're mm. mowing the lawn.
1: You're, 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 keep, you're, you're keeping problems at bay. You're, you're drinking. You're addicted to porn. You take drugs. You talk to your therapist. You argue with your wife. You've got coping strategies. And, and, and you could be very, you know, successful in life. You might have a lot of material things, you might have a lot of significance, you might have a lot of power. But you're never going to be all that you can be. And this is where we this is the reason why we come here. We've 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 come here to play hide and seek with ourselves. And and, and now is the time to self-actualize. And, and this is what's happening with a lot of people. They're starting potentially to self-actualize. And, and this is the really beautifully powerful experience which is gonna unfold over the coming years. This is absolutely joyous self-actualization of humankind where they finally, they finally start to accept and embody, oh my God, what if actually all of those hidden feelings and that energy behind me is real? Because the majority of people that don't realize it they're absolutely petrified of their potential on a, on a on a on a cosmic consciousness level we are all great creators there's lots of different levels like i've said in podcasts before there's lots of different levels there's lots of different departments where we've all come from but we we're all creators and i think in actual fact for a lot of people the sheer notion of just getting a little bit close to their maximum potential absolutely terrifies people. Why? Why do you think that is? Because I think, I think, I think once people start to understand how large you are, how endless, how never-ending, how limitless you really are, How we all are we're all part of this incredible system which has created everything that we see the intelligence behind this reality not just earth but the multitude the billions of limitless realities and constructs that we've created over eons of time most people it would just pickle their brain. They, they simply couldn't grasp the concept of just how large, how vast, how deep this experience is, just this human experience. Because I promise you, the majority of humans on this planet are operating at sub 5% of their potential, sub 5% of their potential.
0: So, so what do you think it is in order to aid the game of hide and seek despite the fact we're infinite beings, we've been sent here with processes that get overwhelmed at, uh, at the point that we realize our infinite nature.
1: I think, I think it's, um, I think the original, the original, the original idea was to have this wonderful hide and seek of self actualization. But I think to go a little bit more conspiracy, maybe a little bit woo woo, there has been a, uh, quite a lot of what i would call low vibrational influence and manipulation and i think i think humanity humanity for a long time have been very much dulled down de-skilled suppressed limited in their expression and that has been overlayered with constructs belief systems in our education societal conditioning um and yeah, I mean, I, I said this to a client the other day. I think, you know, once people start to self-actualize, you know, even if they understood just two or three percent of their fullest potential, you know, it would it would intimidate them because the majority of humans, we believe we are completely limited. And we are we're we're surrounded by rules and conditions. And once you understand again and this is taking it even deeper and further that there are no rules the only rules which exist are the ones that you choose to you know apply to your existence Mm. but there are no rules quite literally the only rule is is that this is a this is a never-ending game this is a never-ending expression and it is just going to continue to expand and go deeper um but you know if you if you you can limit your experience by buying into the constructs and rules of this reality should you wish or you can choose to go well i'm not buying into this covid is a great great example great example like during the whole last year i i i I don't self-isolate, I don't wash my hands, I go out, I see people, I, I, I carry on as normal, because as far as I'm concerned in my reality, COVID doesn't exist. Controversial thing to say, because in the majority of the collective consciousness, COVID very much does exist. But in my chosen expression of my reality, no, it doesn't. Mm.
0: It's interesting, that reminds me of, a, there's a book called Illusions, it's a short book. When we share this somewhere, I'll put the link in the description because it's amazing. And it's, it's Illusion's The Reluctant Messiah, I think it is. Uh, and it's about this guy in like Midwest America who is a Messiah. He can basically manipulate matter and do anything around him in, in, in any way that he chooses. to be super reluctant. So he just basically flies around giving people tours in an airplane <laughs> completely wants. Um, this this really really standard life. And the interesting thing is that he it within this book, um, he appears in a radio show for one reason or another, and the guy starts asking questions and he starts answering them in a, kind of very similar to what you've just said there. I'm not calling you uh the new messiah, Alex, <laughs> but I'm saying like this thing of when you start talking about reality at that level, it pisses people off and it gets offended. Uh, people get offended. Oh, of because they're completely attached to the absolute reality of what is happening to them. And hold on a minute. You're saying that I can do whatever. My granddad just died of this. My, but, 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 I, I work in the NHS. i a... personal attachment comes in. Like it becomes then absolutely impossible to really hear what you've just said. That's it. They, 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 they're no longer listening at that point. But I find it fascinating because I think that, you know, if you're really, really, really gonna talk about reality at the absolute nub then you're going to piss a lot of people off people just aren't ready to hear it that's it but it doesn't mean it's not true so no. thank you for risking controversy controversy, I know you love a bit of controversy anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the cat, cat amongst the pigeons <laughs>
2: and also just with respect to terms what if reality is the name for a story that we are not willing to question Mm. beautiful
0: you always have a way of finding another layer to the onion Bjorn we're
1: gonna have to write that down that's definitely a meme that I'm going to share later
0: (laughs) Mm, that's that's another pioneer t-shirt slogan I think (laughs) uh, send it to Demir to keep a track of um we're, we're coming close to I don't know, an hour or something. I say that like I'm organized, like I have no idea how long we've been talking for. But <laughs> it kind of, I kind of guess it's that time. Um, and this has been absolutely fascinating. This is, I'm gonna have to watch this back again because so much came out in this. Um, Alex, thank you. I hope you join us every week because your streams of consciousness are just fascinating. <laughs> like Bjorn, Bjorn said something, he said, it's, it's great. You just. To flick the Alex switch and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> she, she comes through.
1: <laughs> well, it's like like I was saying to you the other day. Um, it, it, it's it, it's happening more and more now, and I, I find myself when I'm out walking with the dogs, just just literally talking to myself. just, And then afterwards, you're like, shit, why didn't I record that? And it's just, but there's there's no warning. And but what what I love about having conversations like this is that you guys will trigger me. And that's the key thing is I find that you just you sit back, you observe some some trigger word will come through which activates something and then it's just it just, just spews out. But the only issue is is I, I I try to be really conscious because I'm like, yeah but dude, you, you're literally just fucking talking over everybody you just you haven't fucking <laughs> you haven't shut up' I'm like. And these people are they're being very polite and they're smiling at you going yes 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 but they're probably just going jesus christ it's like motor mouth." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you, so, i've been in those situations with you where you've got to the end of a stream and clearly you have no idea how long you've been talking for and you just it's like the facial expression your face, your facial expression changed it's like blah, 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 blah. oh sorry have i have been talking for ages i apologize <laughs> like back in the room shit how long did that go on for (laughs) yeah but the
2: the
1: the problem is and this is obviously going to sound fairly woo-woo but it it it, it's it's another it's it's another it's another thing altogether and um like when i do my work with my clients now uh the majority of them record the sessions on their phones because they'll, they'll 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 interrupt me during a stream and i can't get it again and they're like oh shit can you repeat that i'm like No, I've got no idea what the hell I'm saying. I'm going to have to listen to this back myself. (laughs) Oh yeah, that that made a lot of sense. Brilliant. Good job. (laughs) Literally, no, 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 no. There's no, there's no memory of it, and and I have to, I have to listen back to everything Mm. myself. I'm like, oh yeah, I did say that. Okay, well. Mm. Okay. it's
0: interesting It's that like that downstream versus download scenario and i think like the the downstream ability from from people that i've seen that like operate in this space just from my research seems to be rarer than the download ability you know the download ability being that if something comes down and it's like an awareness you know it you receive it it's landed but the ability to live stream i mean you're so tech it's unbelievable like you even are an actual physical live streaming device it's incredible
1: But that's Um, all, but that's Nick. That's all consciousness is. And you and and all, all, all this physical avatar is for me is a receiver. It's a conduit. That's all it is. I'm just a conduit. And with this this receiver here, which is what it is. And as long as you, as long as you can tune into something like changing your radio, then you're going to get that stream. But the thing is, what I did with me was that through through the deep deep work using plant medicines and psilocybin and dmt and spending a lot of time in a certain frequency whilst i was in that frequency i was consciously saying to myself remember this fucking frequency dude because we want to tune back in here without having to go through the plant medicine routes you know because because that's all it is you know you take a plant medicine and it elevates you to a frequency Mm. now once you understand that you can manually tune into any frequency and especially a frequency where you spent a lot of time in, which is why I love doing the, 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 the psilocybin and the DMT where you're you're in a deep space for 10 plus hours. You've got 10 hours to sit there meditating under the tree going, feel this vibration, like really anchor it into your physical body. So you really recognize what it feels like. So then you can go. So now it's just like, right, my intention is during this conversation to tune back in. Let's get that stream. And then it just clicks back in. Yeah. And then you, and then it's just that streaming. Um, but that's all it is. It's, 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 just, it's just memory. You, you, it's, it's like muscle memory. You just memorize that yeah. frequency and you can then visit it, tune into it whenever you desire. Um, and that's what I've been working on with my deep meditations for the last year. Because during the retreats, I would normally be doing a lot of plant medicines during the, after the retreats, you know, every day or or every week, at least historically, that was my MO. Um, whereas now after the retreats, I I, I work with the medicine on the retreats because I'm in Italy and, and, and the whole area for me has, it has a vibration, which elevates me, takes me to my space. Um, but what i've been doing between the retreats instead of using the plant medicines i've been meditating twice a day and 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 really trying to tune back in and it took me weeks weeks and weeks and weeks of, of really trying to do it and you, you get a connection and the connection would last for a bit and then it would drop off you know it's just like trying to get a great wi-fi signal but with practice and clear intention this is you know this is what i want so you guys are going to really help me do this then you know you you get there and you know now i find that my meditations are biblically powerful i mean really phenomenal i mean and it was only last week that i had a very very powerful physical experience under the influence of nothing but oxygen i mean literally that 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 was it Mm. just and and setting the intention to try and pushed my limits and tuned into the frequency and was like right let's just push this how far I had to abort it twice because it was mm. it was it was becoming too physically challenging for my physical body you know there, there was a couple of times last week where I had, I had to stop the energy coming through because I wasn't I wasn't, I wasn't actually sure what it was going to do to to me and uh, I, I was creating resistance so I, I, I stopped it. And uh, I haven't got back to that exact point yet. I did try um, the night after, but I wasn't able to replicate it. Um, but my point being is is, is that once you, once you let go of the notions and the constructs that you are limited and, you know, you let go of all the rules that you tell yourself, then you will open yourself to experience much more of a, a richer, deeper tapestry of life. And, you know this it, your, your brain is a receiver it, it's a receiver of consciousness and you know i think it's even been proven through our human scientific methods that you know we don't even really store memory in our brain it, you know we're accessing it we're pulling it from somewhere else um, and once you recognize that you know you can make a conscious to- choice to tune into said different uh frequencies, vibrations, dimensions, then, you know, I would argue life becomes very interesting and very curious. And then you start to see your life limitations fall by the wayside, naturally, and your issues and things just go out of the way. And in my life now, you know, I'll probably write a book one day, but if people were to see how my life has changed in under three years from where I was three years ago to where I am now and all the amazing manifestations along that journey, then it would genuinely blow a lot of people's minds. They'd be like, gee, how the hell have you done that? Well, it was fairly easy in the grand scale of things. I set the intention. I set the desire. Mm. This is what I want. But I knew it. I felt it. I saw it. I could feel it. And then it, 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 everything's unfolded, and and now I pinch myself. I, I have this conversation with my wife. But I pinch myself. You know, I mean, I, I I wanted to be a father. I I wanted to say, I wanted to do all of these things. And you know, in twelve weeks' time, I've got two beautiful, healthy children—a boy and a girl. Perfect. It's exa- exactly what I wanted coming. I mean, exactly what I wanted. And it wasn't even any effort to do it it was just it just happened <laughs> and then like with, with work and life you kind of sort of you sit you sit down and you go oh you know i i would quite like to I, I need some more money i need some extra money you know i've got to pay for stuff for the kids you know oh well how am i going to do that and you, you think I, the other day i did it i i thought of a client's name in the morning client's name just popped into my head and i was just like oh whilst i was out walking dude i'd really like to talk to you get back in contact get home check my email who's there boom email Mm. from john dude hey orson i want to reconnect i want to do some work with you perfect sends over payment oh my money problems are sorted (laughs) And, and, and and this is this is a weekly occurrence this is a weekly occurrence now and this is the thing with manifestation understanding this nature of reality is once you start seeing it work you can't help but believe.
2: Mm. And the funny story is, you heard a little bit of the story of Nick and a little bit of story of Alex. And of course, the mind is telling you, yeah, other people, it might work for other people, but if you, if you feel a little bit tickled to try it, what it feels like to just discover yourself more and more, it is a journey, it takes time like can take years but the journey is just exciting and every day just gets a little bit more pleasant a little bit more intense a little bit more crazy but what if that is what you're here to 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 achieve to accomplish to be to do Mm. what if that is what will give you the ultimate fulfillment because quite a long time ago, we were talking about the quality of life when Nick said, he felt like he was at the bottom of the barrel, except that he was not from the standards of other people. But what if the, what, what if the one key of how much you are aligned with yourself, with what you're here to be, what, not in any grand scale, but just with who you truly are, without all the baggage, without all all, all the programming. What if the one thing is how much you live true to yourself is what decides the quality of your life in terms of how happy and fulfilled you are? Because in that sense, maybe Nick was at the bottom of the barrel. Mm.
1: Lots to ponder. Time is the one thing we always have. (laughs) Even if it's an illusion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Time is the one thing we always have, but you don't have it. (laughs) Uh, One of those uh, paradoxical wonders of reality. Um, It's been a really fantastic conversation because it kind of opened up And I had like, you know, societal experiential shifts and changes that are going on. We went deep, man. We went woo woo. Uh, I think it's been really useful because I think even for myself, like one of the the reasons that I really wanted to do these Pioneer calls is not just to, to kind of put it out there with Pioneer and start creating some awareness on that front. It was to sit and have more of these conversations with you guys. And we all obviously have our kind of offline chats, but because we're all friends, they kind of often just, we just chat kind of thing, rather than really putting something apart and going deep. And especially with lockdowns and pandemics, meaning that we can't be with each other and, and having these amazing conversations as much as we'd like. This was a big motivating factor for me in, in wanting to do this. And there's been a lot I've taken away from this conversation. Um, so I wanna thank you both for bringing everything to the table. Alex, you you bring through wonder and awe. It's like you're a magician in full pomp when you get going and Bjorn you have this innate way of just seeing through the shit and finding the next layer of the onion and it's just it's magnificent to speak with you both so so thank you
1: thank you, you both. Really
0: so episode three I feel is concluded I'm complete I've definitely talked enough for the day is there anything that you guys want to throw into the mix before we sign off
2: I'm complete.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm complete. Uh, just to say that, obviously, we'll uh, let let's do more of this because it 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 it's beautiful. Because like Nick sort of said, you know, we obviously talk a lot. I mean, we talk every day. Um, but what I really like about this is that I know so often our conversations would add so much value to others mm-hmm. were they able to hear them. So I'm very excited the fact that. We can start doing this i think weekly or whatever i think would be absolutely beautiful because there people are craving out craving for information like this and to listen to conversations so yeah i love podcasting i love having good conversations with people so i just like to say let, let's do a lot more of the same
0: yes absolutely and for anyone watching at any point if there's a particular topic that you want us to pull apart Uh, just reach out to us let us know Um, you can email any one of us Nick Bjorn or Alex at pineal.org with a suggestion or a comment or anything like that and um, yeah depending on how many come in we we might choose them we might not who knows that's that's the wonder of free will Uh, but send them in anyways then we can look Um, but on that note guys thank you so much for joining us Um, thank you for watching and we will see you next time goodbye